Welcome back to Leadership Evolution Podcast. Here with me today is Mike. Uh, Mike is going to tell us a story um, about himself as a business owner and his company, Rwanda Bean. Hi, Mike. Hi, Brandon. How are you? I am great. How's the weather in Rwanda today? <laughs> uh, it's over 75 or something like that. Oh, God. Yeah, it's it's about uh, 90 degrees where I am today. So <laughs> I think we're in a... We're in the heat boat together. <laughs> I think we are even today. Yeah, not normally the case, though. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, it's great to have you. Um, we're going to jump right in. So tell us what we should know about you and the company that you started. Um, so my my name is Mike Mganedata. Um, I'm originally from Rwanda. I immigrated in the United States in the um, end of 2009, beginning of 2010, I would say. And uh, I was just graduated from college. Um, for so many people might know what happened in Rwanda. Uh, we had genocide that in the 1994 and that genocide made people uh, orphanage orphans and mm. some um, uh, like demolished the country I would say in human resource in the in material resource economically everything so after that everyone who had impacted by that who, who was a victim for that which I was have to find a way to look for life and to and a way to move forward so mm. I was fortunate enough to be able to immigrate to the state and become a citizens and be a part of the community over there and be able to be a part of the 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 story and the 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 the, the the, the the country and the I was so grateful to like be welcomed and be able to 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 be a part of the the the, the both countries so mm-hmm. uh, I am 34 years old and I moved to the state like 10 years ago and uh, um, with me, I went through so much since uh, in my early, early age and <laughs> uh, so I think honestly, I knew what I want to do at early ages. So, and mm. I would say uh, like uh, the inspiration of uh, starting my company 
while I was going to college in Maine is is not it wasn't something just was born like that it, it was just my dream coming through uh coming through so i I live in South Poland, man. I enjoy it. I've been there for just <laughs> like 10 years and I'm a part of the community in Maine, in the state, in Rwanda. And I'm so grateful to be a bridge between both communities. And so I like running. I like soccer. <laughs> I like soccer and uh, I like to be involved in the community building and uh, I like helping, I love helping people. I really do because I, I, I don't believe that I will be where I am today if people didn't help me. So, and growing up, seeing my mother, my 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 family helping other people it's something that i inherited from them and i always um believe in if i help someone else it, it will make them proud but it mm. also give me joys of like keep moving especially in these today's world so that's that's what i that's who I am. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, two things. I think you're the epitome, you're the ideal of, you know, what we might call a, a dual citizen, right? So you're you're giving back in two complete, you know, different countries, thousands of miles apart. <laughs> um, the other thing is, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, owning the business that you own, um, it's its definitely been a, an interesting time for you right now. So, you know, I'm sure that you're appreciating, you know, the way that the way that you've given back and hoping for, you know, others to sort of give back and support your business as well. And I know I am a, I'm a strong supporter, so <laughs> I, uh, I can Thank vouch. you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can... I'm really grateful for the support. Yeah. So the people like you are the one who make me like, I want to do more because make me feel like what I'm doing is, is what I'm doing matters and it keep me pushing and, um, I really, I uh, came there with nothing, and now there's a company. We employ people. And we, we we support community, both communities, and mm-hmm. it's just like make me feel like I'm a part of something, and it keep me pushing to do even more wide big things. So thank you so much for that. Being a big fan and being supportive. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I want to talk more about, you know, the, the business model that you have. So if you could just quickly explain um, what your business model is, you know, why basically what attracted me to want to support Rwanda Bean as a company. So just explain briefly um, what it is that you do um, and, um, you know, how it is that you support 
two communities, like you're saying, what moved you to create that sort of business model? So sometimes it's hard to say, but uh, I will say like motivation isn't just a matter of money. Like mm. I grew up here in Rwanda. I I immigrated in the state when I was 24 years old. And uh, I knew how I feel like not being able to go to school. And you really want to go. I knew how it felt like not to go, not to have a breakfast in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I knew really so much about life, that's what I would say. So I knew how to go to school where you have to walk like five, eight, ten miles a day, even more than that couple times a day because uh, your school can't feed you or can't provide meals at school and you have to go there to to get education and go back to get food and if you can and so I knew all of wow. so get, when I get to the States I never had a cup of coffee <laughs> and uh, that's the truth. And I knew coffee was the first product that my country exports. And uh, I knew how people really work hard to provide that quality of coffee because they knew if it's not quality of coffee, no one is going to buy it. Mm-hmm. So really coming to the States and I found out that coffee shops are like a place where community gathering and find out that if I'm going to meet Brittany for the first time, we're going to meet in coffee and things like that. That really attracted me, made me mm-hmm. being interested in the coffee shop and knowing how many people that are involved in that but sometimes who never even had a cup of coffee, but who knew each and every step it takes to provide the, like a very quality coffee, mm-hmm. that like made me thinking deeply. So why these people sometimes can't even afford to send the kid to school or afford to a $5 health insurance a year, something like that. And I knew I was becoming a part of the community in Maine, and I was like, we don't harvest in coffee here. We don't harvest. There's not that many states that are harvesting coffee in the, in the state, uh, except mm. maybe California or Hawaii. So I was like, and we knew coffee, we want, we want coffee to be able to go with the life I saw at the time in, in the state which I was trying to cope with and adjust my, my life with. So I was like, what can I do to be able to 
provide quality coffee here to my community, to my new country, and at the same time, we'll be able to support the community where I come from. And so mm. that was the whole general idea. And uh, I was trying to be able to create something that will be able to support myself, to support the community where that welcomed me, uh, welcomed me and to be able also to support the community that really works so hard to be able to provide us that that coffee. That was the the, the whole idea and I wanted I enjoy building communities, I enjoy being a part of community development and I wanted to create something that will be able to impact both communities. So that's where the whole inspiration and growing up in the family that you always wanted to be a parent or that was a part of the community that was a really big, big part of me because mm -hmm. I was trying to do something that I know it's giving back to the community or supporting someone else whether it's paying one health insurance to to one person or to two person i knew that my mother especially my mother would be really very happy and very uh, proud of the man that she <laughs> back 26 years ago something like that so that's how the company was born okay it was born as a a work school project that extended to be a part of the uh, main startup week and then extended to be a part of the, the community starting from my apartment to a small warehouse to one coffee shop to two coffee shops. So that's coming from just employing my doing two jobs, being a full-time and employing other community members. That, mm. So it's been a really long six, six uh, up now it's seven years. <laughs> I'm sure you're losing track of time. <laughs> yeah, but I have been enjoying every step of it. And yeah, seems like, seems like an adventure for you. That's awesome. Yeah, it's um, really uh, meaningful when you do something that you feel like it's a part of it. It's a, you are a part of it, and it's a, something that gives you jo joy and be able to put joys to other people. So, yeah. Um. So I'm I'm happy with where the the things is going. Mm. Unfortunately, not with this last four months, but I hope we can go through it and be able to repeat and be able to adjust and keep mm -hmm. moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, you can speak specifically to you know the the times right now that we are in and. I know you guys have adapted and, you know, your website has been revamped a little bit. And so you're, 
you're shifting the way that you're serving the community, you know, through coffee right now. Um, and so, you know, that level of creativity is obviously important to you. And, and obviously from a business standpoint, keeping your business alive, um, what are, you know, what are some other values that you think that you find as a leader, you know, really sort of guide your practices, guide the decisions that you make? I mean, you've mentioned community, you know, a bunch of times already. So that's a really, you know, strong one that stands out to me. But, you know, what else might we want to know about the values that you have that are really, you know, sort of behind you driving your decisions? So, you know, everyone wants to feel as a tough they work has meaning that goes beyond the compensations but I always get my compensations from when I put smile on someone else mm. so when your daily grind feels meaningful you mm-hmm. will usually be more productive especially when you take the pressure in the work. But when the work feels meaningless and empty, your productivity is more likely to crash regardless of how present the work might be. So all the time I always focus on people than focusing on myself. That's, I don't, mean that everyone has to feel that way, but mm-hmm. that's, that, uh, honestly, that's how I feel. So, mm-hmm. if I manage others, I keep in mind that they are a part of the team, they are a part of the family, they are a part of what I'm trying to achieve. So, I try to create some type of uh, environment where they feel like yeah this is something i wanna do and when someone like you or someone else comes to our business we want them also to feel as a part of the family so Mm. as a leader that's like what i try to focus on i of course we are doing business but each business have its own practice and whatever we try to adjust to our company or to our community it's based on the people not to just focusing on of course we need to make money to be able to support our families to support our employees to support uh, to even be able to do what we really enjoy doing, which is supporting people, but we can't let the 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 money factor drivers just mm. like we have to have a balance. And when you get that balance of what you really wanna do and what uh, and how can you make it work, then. Uh, how with your joy and like everything if you take everything account in the balance I think then you 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 will be able to make it so that's how I try to be able to do it Mm -hmm. and find out what works what doesn't work 
and my focus is the always to make sure that people feel feel unique and varied. So making sure I develop like relationships and establishing a legacy tended to pro- to produce better reserve better results then I feel more more engaged, I feel more energized and I feel more um, focused. So that's the way I try like mm. to keep like envisioning myself and every day I when a day at the end of the day I just go home and say what should I have done or what should I mm-hmm. think I just try to evaluate myself based on the 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 norms and the guidance and the goal of the company and be able to say maybe I should have done this in this way or this way or maybe I have like kind I have like tried to um I I didn't I on this point I wasn't in what I believe in or something. I try to evaluate myself every day to make sure mm-hmm. that I'm standing in the in the line that I I I I really focused on when I was starting the business. Mm. Yeah, and you I mean you mentioned the word legacy. So if you had to, you know, think about twenty years from now, what is the kind of impact that ideally you'd have on you know the world let's say um so my first i have two things as i said our climate our rent in the state doesn't allow us to harvest coffee Mm. then people back in rwanda where i come from they, they have that. So what I'm trying to do is down the road is what was my role in like in a way to be able to create something that can be beneficial, create a market to, to those who work so hard to provide that high quality of coffee that they we really need every day to be able to survive our work ethic in the United States. Mm. But at the same time, uh, what did I do to provide it to my current community in the state to be able to access on that high quality coffee? So my legacy, I want to... 20 years from now is it today but Rwanda is a small country it's maybe three times smaller than Maine but it, it's a 13 times population mm. so everything grows here is wow. organic it's, a, it's like when we go to farm market in the state we know most of the time, we always know those farm market producers are, are healthy, are grown in backyards mm-hmm. from people's house. And uh, we always 
when we eat it, we have some joy knowing, oh, at least I'm having high quality food and supported the mm. local farmer or uh, something like that. So it's mm-hmm. the same joy I have when I provide you a cup of coffee and knowing that that mm-hmm. cup of coffee it's going to be delicious, but at the same time, uh, <laughs> whatever proceed comes out of it, it's going a wrong way to support that farmer who works maybe 80% of what we need to provide that cup of coffee. So that's, that's what yeah. I want to do. And sometime maybe I will inspire someone else to do the same thing. And as we grow, maybe we will be able to have a a big impact to big community. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's certainly a positive model that, you know, I think a lot of businesses could look at and see how, how they can, you know, reevaluate all the steps that go into making their product and really just evaluate how they can become more involved in, you know, the steps before, you know, the, the one that they're providing to the consumer, right. It's, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, I see these jokes all the time and hear these jokes on, you know, I, I, if the, let's say if uh, the grocery stores weren't all closed down and we'd have to like forage and hunt for our own food, you know, people would be looking for like the Dorito plants. Like they have no idea where, where things come from. So it's just one of those things that if we can educate people more on where they're, you know, the things that they love, what goes into creating them, I think, you know, as businesses become more invested in that process as a whole, it's, it's really important education for consumers. So I, you know, I think coffee is obviously a huge one and I've heard like chocolate is another big one and um, wine and things like that. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely an opportunity though for, for, for almost any product that we buy to really just be curious about the story behind it. And I think that's, the more fascinating, you know, the, the most fascinating part about what you're doing is the, the story that you're highlighting for both the consumers, but then going back to Rwanda and talking to farmers and really just highlighting, you know, here's the coffee that you're producing. This is the end result. So let me make you a cup of coffee and see what it tastes like. That's just an incredible journey for a farmer to really sort of be along for that ride in a way they're more involved you know, in, in their end result, And I'm sure that's really awesome. Uh, yeah, I, that's, that's, that's how I look to things is sometimes uh, if you go to our support shop, um, you will see, we try to emphasize or showcase the, the, the cycle that it takes to from like a seed to your cup. And mm-hmm. uh, beside that, I want you to see what the whatever five dollar, three dollar, sixteen dollar, twenty dollar you have spent there. What type of quality of life that is providing? And uh, once you understand that cycle, then I think, and of course, the quality have to be on top of everything. So I think then mm. that's how I try to run 
my things and that's how I try that's what I'm trying to achieve so like currently what the project that I'm working on it's a it's a early school education like early school uh ch- children's education because every time i travel back in those rural area as i said rwanda is a country it's a strong country they are moving away beyond their past they are not forgetting their past but they are becoming a developed country that is developing um in technology agriculture in every type of sector that all developed country that for but it's not a super rich so thing have steps <laughs> so when i go in the campaign area in the campaign area where i see there is no area education where some parents are still themselves running how to read or how to, to write and they can't even be able to provide that to their own ed- uh, child so what i do is mm-hmm. it always hurts me because the beauty of things of like being exposed to different culture you always run something so i have run in the state that education is one of the value each parents want to inherit to their child and i was like what can i do as a rwanda being as a rwandan american to to also be able maybe to change someone else's life so mm-hmm. what can i do not some of these child not also looking just forward to the farming because some parents when we talk to them they are like i was inherited this land from my father from my grandfather or something like that to have coffee mm. and you look like oh you have five kids and you only have like 200 or 300 coffee trees how are you going to inherit that to five kids so mm-hmm. education the right. country have been focusing on education but as i said it's not a rich country that have all the facilities and infrastructures that can be able to provide so i want to be a part of that type of development say okay they work how can i create some type of a system that can be sustainable to be able to support not just the parents but also the future of this child so right now like there is there is one community that provided the coffee we are supply we are supplying at this moment that they at least the closest school was like at least 10 10 miles or 10 kilometers away and mm-hmm. i was like what i always looking away to create 
a sustainable way to be able how can I make this work and not hurting the business with our model where we pledge to give 50% back to the community where our coffee comes from. So we always, I always have to be creative and be able to find a way. I can't wait like 20 years ahead to become profitable <laughs> to be able to do that. So I always have to find a way. So right now we are building like a school that will house up to a hundred kids from three three years old to like seven years old when you are ready to go in elementary school and going up to to um uh middle school and then high school. So we are almost we are to the roof stage where we are hoping maybe in six months from now the school will be able to provide that and those are the things that like when I look how the community where I live in that are supporting to be able to provide the resources mm-hmm. for me to come back and do that and see how I'm being also part of that community development and things like that and that's where I get the energy and be able to say okay I know we are struggling right now to build the brand and to be able to say five years we have to like educate people to know what we stand for and what our vision are but at the same time when people are supportive like that way, then you are like, hey, we can make it. So that's, those are like, mm-hmm. everything turns back to come to people and uh, not just to financial and money and things like that. I think everything is for, for money. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, Mike, this has been super awesome. Thank you for this conversation. Um, I know that I'm going to continue to support Rwanda Bean, not just because it's a good cause, but also because it's amazing coffee. Um, I've, you know, turned some of my friends onto it who live in Northern Maine. Um, I bring them up a bag of espresso beans every time and um, she makes me an espresso. So I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm in my Southern Maine home every time I go up North. So <laughs> I, uh, I do what I can to support and you have, uh, you now have some fans and in, in Northern Maine as well. They refuse to drink any other Thank coffee. You so, now, so. <laughs> so yeah, this has been so awesome. If anybody is, you know, interested in learning more about the story, just head to rwandabean.com. Um, and you can check out the products that they have for sale as well. So thank you so so much much, for having me. What I really enjoyed about my conversation with Mike was how clearly his purpose drives all of his decisions. It's great to keep tabs on his projects in Rwanda and see the photos he posts on Facebook with him and the farmers that make his business possible. Making that connection as a consumer is very rare, I find, and one thing I enjoy about living in New England is that we take a lot of pride in knowing where our products come from. 
In the days of COVID, I hope we all pay extra attention to the small businesses that need our support and attention to endure and thrive.